Hello and welcome to Lockdown Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Magdal, reminding you you can follow us on Twitter at LockdownWBV. And I'm going to let you know that there's a new place you ought to go to, thenext.substack.com. The Next is 24-7, 365 Women's Basketball. Make sure you check it out ahead of our launch on June 1st. And of course, our show is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, because as we're facing a global pandemic, who wants to figure out how to make lunch? And I am joined today by, well, let's say the once and again center for the Las Vegas Aces, and that's Carolyn Swords. Carolyn, you have a perspective on things that not a lot of people have, which is to say you've experienced retirement for all of three months, and you've been on the other side of it. And I guess I want to start there by telling our listeners, what did you learn about retirement? <laughs> well, I um, thanks for having me. First of all, um, I think this has been a very unique time, to say the least, to have um, experienced a little bit of retirement. Um, but I was really enjoying my time in the front office and loved that I can, could continue to stay with the Aces and um, stay connected to basketball. So now that I've kind of flipped back to being on the court, um, just kind of rearranging my goals a little bit and focusing on on the upcoming season. So um, I might have to get back to you on how retirement works. (laughs) (laughs) Some more time to figure it out for sure. But yeah, I mean, I I do wonder, you know, how hard was that moment to make that decision? And then if you could take me through how you go emotionally just to, to get to that headspace to being able to play once again. Sure. So, you know, I've been playing basketball since I was eight or nine years old, so it's very much been a huge part of my life. And, um, you know, I played at Boston College, and I've played, obviously, in the WNBA, and then have gone overseas. So it's been a way for me to really learn and grow and set goals and, um, you know, explore. And and it's been a huge part of my life. And uh, I did an internship with the Aces, in the after the 2018 season, um, really looking at all the different elements of the business operations, and and was really excited that that was a very enjoyable experience. Um, and so finding that there was still a way to stay connected to basketball, something that I I love, and especially at the WNBA, which I think is um, so important, uh, and and um, you know just in a different way. Um, it just felt like the right time. I don't know. I think everyone experiences that a little bit differently. Um, and then COVID has obviously, um, you know, shaken things up a little bit and there was an opportunity to join the aces again, um, as a player and, you know, still love basketball. So, it was something that I was happy to do. Um, it's required a little bit of adjustment in terms of, you know, how it's been working out. Mm-hmm. I've been spending a lot more time running and, and doing some other things. And, and now it's back to that very basketball-focused, you know, explosive, anaerobic activity. Um, so it's just shifting gears a little bit, but um, still very excited to just continue to help the Aces in this way. So I remember hearing about the internship, and it was striking to me in February how much you were going to be taking on from a front office perspective. And 
I think it gives you an opportunity to pursue a lot of different paths after basketball, whatever direction uh, it would take. I, I, I mean, you know, anything from media relations was a part of it. Uh, and frankly, anyone who's ever interviewed you knows you would be able to be a tremendous voice on that front. But also Thanks. up to and including uh, working directly with the mascots. And so I... Yeah. I, I think it's important that we, we dive real deep into that, which is to say sure. that when we first uh, met, you were with the New York Liberty. And the New York Liberty, okay, of yep. course, have the great right. Maddie, uh, the mascot, yep. and a, a, an original WNBA mascot, I might add. Yeah. The Aces have two. They have Buckets. They have Miles, the Miracle Flight Spare. And so there's a lot that goes into creating and uh, fostering an identity there. What exactly was your work going to be with the mascots? And, and, and really, can you speak to anything you may have learned from Maddie, specifically from your time in New York that you've taken to Las Vegas? That's a great question. Um, so when in the off season, many players are usually uh, not in market because they're either overseas or um, it was great that this past off season we had you know USA basketball traveling and competing and mm-hmm. building excitement toward the Olympics. So, um, but that there's still plenty of people and fans and schools and market who would love to interact with the Aces. And so, one of the ways in which we can support the community who so wonderfully support us um, is if there's you know a school event or if an organization is holding um, like a, a sports day or a 5K, we can um, send the mascot and then also our wild card crew, which is like our in arena, in arena there, um, like our dance team, awesome group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so in addition to if we have a player in market and she's able to visit schools and run clinics, then um, we have these other elements of the ACEs to um, support the community. So, you know, my job was to help coordinate that. It's, you know, everyone's very busy and finding out when things are happening and there's certainly like busier times of year. Um, So that was kind of the like out of arena element. And then there were, I had a lot of what, you know, game day responsibilities and in terms of coordinating all the work that goes into pulling off a game behind the scenes. Um, so it was really just a, a very exciting time, you know, while I was in the office to learn, you know, how much goes into pulling off a game. And, and, you know, as players, there's just a whole different preparation there, right? Like we, out and practice and strategize for the game and at the same time the front office is um, working to fill seats uh, book talent make sure that um, you know if there's certain groups that are in the arena that we highlight them and I think it's something that we're all aware of but um, that work happens well before the season starts in the office and so you know credit to the, the staff um, and really the, the staff everywhere for all the work that they do. Is that almost more interesting to you? I mean, you, you seem particularly engaged with it. Is the business side of it the path you think you might want to pursue even more than what is often a traditional post-career front office set of roles for players, which is uh, on the player personnel side? 
Um, you know, I, I've really enjoyed learning more about the business side. I think as players, especially the longer you stay in the league and, um, you know, you, you start to learn other teams and their tendencies and the knowledge that you gain as a player is um, incredible and it's really exciting to feel that growth from a young player to then a veteran to be able to recognize um, and, you know, adapt and help other players adjust in real time on the court. Um, and that's something that I still love. I still love that element of, of learning, you know, solid skills and sure. strategizing as a team. Um, I think the, the business side is, has been very new, but also, yeah, incredibly exciting and um, seeing just, you know, there are different, just different problems to solve, you know, like how do we engage our fans, what do they need, um, how do you generate excitement to get people to a game. Um, so it, it's been really fun to kind of learn more about a whole new world of basketball um, other than what I've you know, previously been exposed to. And then just to put you on the spot on this one before we uh, turn to a slightly different topic, the fact that there is Miles the Miracle Flight Spare and Buckets as well, you know, Maddie being the lone mascot, but the Las Vegas Aces having two is really compelling to me. If you had to pick one and only one of those two Vegas Aces mascots, I'm wondering which one you think has supremacy right now. <laughs> I don't know if I can answer that question. <laughs> I can say that I am more familiar with Buckets because we did a lot of work in the community together when I was, uh, you know, here in 2018, 2019. Um, but, you know, <laughs> that's, I think that's all I can say on that. I think, I think that's the correct and diplomatic answer, so I support that. But <laughs> let, on a more serious note, though, when it comes to cuts, the lead is painful the last couple of days. And it's painful in the sense that we see a lot of women who are absolutely professional quality players, absolutely can play at the level of the WNBA, but simply are sacrificed to the fact that there are a finite number of roster spots. And it's not even 144. Mm -hmm. That's the number that people throw out there. But the large number of teams with the new salary cap were going 11 uh, as a result of that. The number is really something closer to 140. And mm -hmm. so you came into the league in 2011, and obviously incredibly high level of play at that time too but I wonder when you look at the evolution of this league over the last nine years how much better is the WNBA in 2019-2020 than it even was nine years ago? I think it's incredibly competitive you know I think the um, the shifting of which teams are having great seasons in a given year um, especially in this last off season, we've seen a lot of player movement. And so that has um, created, you know, the, the rise of different rivalries over time. Um, and I'd say that the, you know, the current format that we've had with um, playoffs and every game really matters that much more. So, you know, only having 140, 144 players um, in a league, alone creates a situation where it's a very competitive league and situation. And even, you know, as the season progresses, um, just because, you know, different records 
our teams can be very deceptive because mm -hmm. wins and losses are only, you know, one or two points one way or the other. And so um, it's, it's a really wonderful opportunity to be able to compete in this league because it's going to demand the best of you. And as a player to be pushed in that way, it's, it's really exciting. Um, you know, and, and it is really difficult to see that there are more than that many players who are absolutely professional caliber and, and the spots are so limited. Um, but, you know, we just hope for the growth of the league and, and excited that we can continue to inspire the next group of women who will grow to be professional players and, um, you know, just do our best to continue to make the WNBA a very exciting product. The overall outlook for the Aces is obviously tremendous when you think in mm -hmm. terms of 2020. And I, I remember talking to Bill in year one, and he talked about it being a three-year process. And here we are in year three, and everything mm -hmm. has been building toward that. And now, obviously, things are dramatically different in the world than they otherwise would have been. And you, you've been a key part of this process, development, building. You know what it is to see Bill's vision develop, and you've seen it around you. Mm -hmm. What's the level of frustration as you just think about, you know, I, I, I just try and picture it from, from the outside. It's frustrating enough to see everything building toward this key point. It seems like you guys are ready to be that title contender this year, only to see, you know, the world shift. As I know there are bigger issues in the world <laughs> than the fate of the Las, uh, Las Vegas Aces, but it has to be frustrating at some level too, right? Sure, I think what we're experiencing is, is what many people are experiencing in that, you know, everyone has geared their training and, and preparation for their season to start and end at a certain time and to be in, you know, peak condition at a certain time. And, um, you know, I especially feel for our Olympic athletes who mm -hmm. have spent time gearing up and, and went through qualifiers and, you know, made it to the Olympics and to have that delayed, I would imagine would be very difficult. Um, but I've also been very impressed by how so many players are taking this very gracefully. And you see a lot of women across the league, you know, aces and beyond who are just continuing to stay focused and work out and, and um, do whatever they need to do to stay ready. And, and that's living in that limbo, I think, must be very difficult you know I, I've only switched back into it so it's been a, a kind of a different quarantine thus far but sure um you know I give a lot of credit to our the players of our league who are just you know continuing to stay focused and positive and, and work hard and and be ready for whatever comes and um you know that's that's all you can do in, in uncertain times is just kind of wake up and do your best and control what you can and and um so I've been I've been very impressed by you know what I've seen from from the team and and just how everyone's looking to move forward and and keeping a positive outlook about it. All of that makes sense. And again, the fact that the players in the WNBA are <clears throat> stronger and smarter than I am, it's not a surprise that they are also more emotionally capable than I am. But I'm just <laughs> thinking about it from my end of things and. Specifically the Aces, right? Being in this moment where 
listen, do, and, and maybe you disagree with me, but a team that absolutely is among those that could claim team to beat status, you know, if not a favorite, and obviously Washington comes back strong and adds Tina, and mm-hmm. Seattle is returning Sue and Stewie. I, I mean, there's no shortage of teams that will compete for that championship. But you guys right. were right there amid that conversation. Something has to be maybe an extra, or or maybe I'm just projecting an extra level of frustration, because no matter how much, all of our lives have been disrupted, but no matter how much I had planned and schemed and tried, I was not going to win a WNBA title in 2020. But you guys are right there, and we're all hopeful there'll be a season, but it's going to be different no matter what it is. So is that something that does cross your mind? Is it does something that you think about? Just that, you know, these aces now in this moment and, you know, how, how to maximize what you guys still can be? I think there just continues to be a lot of um, excitement around the team. And one of the great things about the Aces is, is it's been a, it's a young franchise, but it's also filled with a lot of really young, talented players. And mm-hmm. so it's been really fun to see how you know Asia has grown through her first and second year. And we saw... You know, Kelsey Plum really break out during playoffs last season, and it's fun that we have this core of players who play so hard for Las Vegas, and um, you know that they're they continue to return to the team, and and I think it generates a lot of excitement here in the city, and everyone's happy to be playing together. So, um, you know, I I think it just it, there's it's more of a feeling of excitement for what's next. And yes, there's plenty of unknown, um, but all we can do is prepare for whatever that looks like and, and then go have fun and play. So, um, you know, I, it's all, it's different, but it's still a very exciting time to be part of the aces. So are are you driven, (laughs) are you driven to get that championship too, though? I, I, I mean, you, you have had no shortage of success in your career and in a way that is not surprising, but logical to anyone who's watched, your Liberty teams made the playoffs. You made the playoffs in Seattle. You made the playoffs in Vegas last year. These things don't happen by accident, but I wonder how much you're driven by that championship as a goal as well. Oh, of course. I think, you know, as, as an athlete, the goal is always to be your best and then to be part of a team that's working to be its best and that's the part of you know basketball that I've always loved is that those hours of practice and preparation and you know figuring out how to run a play this you know the most smooth way and and learn your teammates tendencies so that you're out there and it becomes um, automatic in a good way you're all making reads together it's a very exciting time when you're all just kind of in the zone together so um you know knowing that we have such an exceptionally talented team and 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 you know that's always the goal is to try to um you know win and and we'd love to to win a championship um so yeah that's you know i think that drives everyone it 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 makes sense and and again you know i would just highlight 
uh, and forgive my statistical nerddom, I guess is the word to use about, but you, you led the WNBA in offensive rebounding percentage last year. I mean, your, your ability on the boards, it, it's, it extends beyond just a question of leadership. And that's something that I know is valued to Bill as much as anything else, is winning that rebound battle every single time. Mm-hmm. You guys seem set up now, especially, you know, people talk about Angel McCautry's scoring and her defense as well. Mm-hmm. But she rebounds remarkably well for her position. You mentioned Kelsey Plum has always been a plus rebounder at the guard position as well. You guys would not just be contending for a championship, but you'd be doing it in, in a real specific way that's almost a zagging when the rest of the league is zigging around three-point shooting and spacing. And so I wonder whether that is appealing to you as well, that this is not just a team that could potentially win, but win in a way that really highlights the way you seem to love to play the game of basketball. Thanks. Well, you know, I recognize that that's really like my my role to play for the team is mm-hmm. to um, t- help take care of rebounds on both ends of the floor um, you know that means more possessions for us on the defensive end and then on the offensive end you know giving our scores more opportunities um, being a solid defensive presence and um, but you know Bill very much um, tries to define roles and that ends up being a very clarifying way to play you know you understand what your job is and if everyone does their job as well as they can then that puts us in the best position to win on any given night um and so that's um you know fulfilling my role and and doing that well um is always going to be you know the the goal on any given night and and if that gives us the best chance of winning of course, you know, there's the team on the other side who's also going to do everything that they can, but we're very committed to playing the best basketball that we can, as hard as we can, um, so that anyone in, anyone watching can feel kind of that heart and drive and, and exacting execution, um, and that ends up being a very fun game to watch for, any, for anyone. So let me ask you this, and this is with the full understanding, the full caveat that None of us know that the planning is still happening, that there's still contingencies that go along with that. But you talked about seeing it, about envisioning it. And I'm wondering, as somebody who's going to be front and center when that happens, how are you envisioning it? What are you seeing? What are you thinking about? Because it's going to be, obviously, by definition, a different experience than anyone has ever had before when it comes mm-hmm. to professional sports. So do, are you a visualization person? And if so, what is that like for you right now? That's a, that's a good question. Um, I do visualize, although I tend to focus on what's happening on the court. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know. I, you know, obviously, like like we all do, what it will look like. But I do know that there are plenty of people who are working very hard to figure out what is the best scenario and what will be safest for everyone. And, um, you know, whatever that looks like, I think we'll be, we'll be happy. Um, just because, you know, sports are important and, and exciting. And, um, so to get back to it would be great. And it's up to kind of, you know, people 
smarter than I to figure out what that will look like and in the safest way. In the Korean baseball organization, what they've done is they've put the fan pictures on cardboard cutouts, and there have been a number of fans. There's Fans have actually put their pets, their cats and their dogs, uh, in those wow. seats as well. So I, I don't know if that will be what the WNBA model ends up being, but as somebody who has been watching the KBO quite a bit, uh, I am hopeful, I am optimistic that potentially yeah. there'll be there'll be pets uh, in chairs uh, all around whatever arena this ends up being uh, while we move our way back to safety. So that would be terrific to see. The last thing before I let you go, I, I just would be remiss not to highlight, yes, you've put work in on the court. Yes, you've put work in helping mentor and develop a set of mascots in Las Vegas. You've done a tremendous amount of things on any number of fronts that we're not even going to be able to get to here today. But you've also done a lot of work on the issue of voter registration. And so we were Mm -hmm. talking a little bit about this off air before we got here. But there seems to be a lot of noise over signal when it comes to things like vote by mail. And I'm wondering for our listeners at home, if you could take us through the things you think are most important as you think about that work here in 2020. Sure. You know, the thing that I, that I find um, most, that means the most to me when it comes to voting is, is just, you know, showing, quote, showing up and, and casting your vote. And I think, um, sometimes it can seem intimidating. Um, it's sometimes very difficult to actually cast your ballot. Um, and now we're living in this reality where uh, we don't necessarily know what things are going to look like in November. Um, but no one should have to choose between, you know, staying home and safe if that's still the situation or, you know, voting in the upcoming election. And that's the presidential election all the way down to. Um, you know, all of your local government positions. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there are some states who already have them by mail and some states who have decided that that's what they're going to do. Um, really just creating, you know, awareness that um, making sure that everyone's registered and that they feel confident and empowered to cast their ballot um, and then trying to figure out, you know, what what are, what is the situation in their state. I know that here in Nevada, they are um, doing their local primary vote by mail. They just made that decision, which is great. Um, so just getting everyone excited about, you know, the election, that this is something that should be celebrated, that um, you have an opportunity to cast your vote and, and say, you know, who will be representing you in all levels of office. And um, so, yeah, I hope hope everyone is excited and with if they have some extra time, you know, figuring out their registration and getting ready for November. <laughs> and and it doesn't take very much time at all. It's a very simple search to see. And certainly, if we've learned anything over these past couple of months, it is that who we vote in to office matters at all levels. And that there are exactly. decisions that come uh, directly as a result of it. Well, Carolyn Swords, center, voter registration advocate, mentor to mascots, Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Thanks. Thanks for having me.